always exciting when um, we get the opportunity and the privilege to come and, I guess, really give back to God what is already His. And uh, so Nick and Michaela have come this morning making that, that declaration of faith. And just want to speak a couple of things into that just as we begin and, and, and get there with that. And, and so really, I guess, speaking to you guys this morning in a little ways here. And we know this verse in Psalm 1 in 27, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. And this is just what we share every time we come to a dedication. We start at this point that children are a gift. They're not ours. We might have done something to make them in the midst of all that, but they're gods that, and they started from Him and they're a gift from Him. And we get the, the privilege of raising them and a privilege of enjoying their life and, and seeing, them, seeing them grow. But more than that, we recognize that we also have a responsibility because it goes on and saying, offspring a reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. See, children are a gift, but they're also a responsibility for us to raise them. They're arrows. They're, they're actually someone a young person who we need to aim off in life. Arrows are no good left in a quiver. They're no good just sitting in the back or, or left going, okay, arrow, go do your thing. We just fall to the ground, but we need to aim that arrow and shoot that arrow and set them on a course ready where they're going. And that, that takes a lot of hope and a lot of faith most of the time and, and, uh, and a whole bunch of guesswork sometimes for us as parents and, and trying to understand where that is and but we know as we, as we come, and that's what this is really about today. Because Hannah in Samuel brought Samuel and presented him to God. Likewise, Mary and Joseph came and presented Jesus at the temple and said, this is your gift to us, God, but also we're aiming these children. And the first part of that is getting our sight right in you. And so just as Nick and Michaela bring Luca today, that's, that's what we celebrate. But before we do this, I just want to look at a charge of some scripture. And you might say, but we spoke about dedication a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. And there's a reason for that, because really, this, this is in the heartbeat of who we are as a church. Calvary family, church. Deep in our heartbeat is connection between generations. Deep in our heartbeat is right from birth all the way through, celebrate. I love we're celebrating, folks. You've got a long time to go yet. Many, many years of blessing left. Yeah, Elaine, and we're just saying, it's exciting to celebrate right across spectrum. And not only is it the heartbeat of our church, it's the heartbeat of our network, heartbeat of Crosslink. We met with some leaders on, on Thursday night and um, just to discuss what it looks like to see the hearts of fathers and mothers reach to sons and daughters and sons and daughters reaching to fathers and mothers and how to raise up young leaders and connect. So I think it's important that we speak about this. And I know every time I look at this stuff and, and prepare it, I'm blessed and encouraged. And I just really want to sow deeper into us what it looks like, not just to be a parent, but a mother and a father, raising up sons and daughters in the kingdom and sons and daughters of Jesus. And so I want to touch base on that and start with, with Mark in 10. And there was a bunch of people bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hand on them. You know, some people saying that laying on hands is there's no point or praying for a blessing over people. The only time to pray for people is lay hands on the sick. 
there is a blessing that's imparted through laying on hands right there. Jesus did it. He continually did it and blessed. And so we can just get a blessing by laying on of hands. Different message. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was happy. No, he was indignant, extremely upset and annoyed. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom belongs to such as these. So here we go. It's, it's a bit like us having church here today and then we've got a prayer line happening. And there's a bunch of parents lined up outside starting to bring their kids in. And then our children's leaders step out and go, no, excuse me. Ex- excuse me today. No, no, no. We, we, we've got a program in here for your children. Send them in here. We, we're playing duster hockey and we have some cars and trains set up. Are oh, they just going to have a ball? We've got a jumping castle going on. We're going to entertain them while you can actually receive God. But, but the children, they're not ready yet. They're too little for Jesus. They're, they're, they're not yet prepared. They've got to get a bit older and bigger so they can actually get Jesus. And it's amazing how many people actually think like that. But as parents, our biggest role is to do this, what these parents were doing, was bring our children to Jesus. Continually just bring them to Jesus. We know and we've seen a value that we see in people that one of the things that helps when, when children grow up is have they grown up in the church? Probably the biggest indicator of whether they remain in the church is have they grown up in the church? What did you model? Do we, do we value being in the church each week or do we come uh, every second Sunday, oh, once a month, Easter and Christmas? I've, hang on, we've got cricket this morning. That's more important than, than church today. We've got to get the sport done this week. And we've seen many time and time again that kids pick up that value and they run later on. They see what's important to you and they'll run with that. But also there's going to be many people that try and stop you in that. Oh, you don't need to be to church. Even good Christians. No, you don't need to teach them. Let them be children. Just let them pray, play. They don't need to pray. Just read good stories to them. Read the Mr. Men books. Don't read the Bible to them. They don't need to know the Bible when they're little. They'll, there's many years to know that boring book later. Good Christian people, that'll stop us bringing our children to Jesus. Deuteronomy 4. Be careful. Watch yourselves closely so you don't forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live, teach them to your children and to their children after them. Don't forget what God has done in your life. Don't let it slip from your memory. Don't stop repeating the story. Don't stop telling the story. In actual fact, share it with your kids. Share it with your children so they're aware of the heritage they come from. See, this is where faith grows in children. When they know what God has done in our lives, we speak it, and then they start to carry and hold their faith. We know the people of Israel. They walked in the ways of God. They followed God. They came into a promised land. They came into a place where there was big armies and big walls and huge mass of fruit and food and so much more than just the little pancakes and quails I've been having each day. And they came into this place... And we're excited by it. 
And then a generation happened where they stopped sharing the story and it says they forgot what God had done for their fathers and they went and found other gods. They went and found other things to worship. They went and found other ways to worship. And then God's hand came against them at those times. You know, this is the legacy, our legacy inside us. But I know the kingdom of God lives in you too. I know God has poured his kingdom inside you. I know that there is a hope of future and purpose and destiny living inside you. And then as parents, what we do as mothers and fathers, we then get that kingdom and go, I just want to insert that and share that every step of the way that God showed me and taught me that and all the stories that did put that into our children so that they could even do more than what we did. And the heartbeat in that as mothers and fathers is for our children to be even greater and have more stories and have more experience and more testimony, the prophecy of Jesus, more testimony of the goodness of God in their lives so that where we get to, they can just leap on top of that. Our ceiling becomes their floor, as we say. You know, this isn't just for natural parents. This is spiritual parenting principles too. And that's why it's important for us to talk about this as a church. This is because it, we've got to understand that not all children become sons and daughters. Not all children become sons and daughters. Likewise, not all parents are mothers and fathers. See, Malachi, it says that the Elijah will come before the great and fearful day of our Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the mothers and fathers back to the children. So that lets us know that there is actual facts and parents who are walking around that don't have the heartbeat of a mother and father turning towards their children. I've encountered a bunch of young people who have parents but don't have mothers and fathers. Mums and dads don't have time, they don't have time for them. Oh, get away from me. Just go sort yourself out. You've probably encountered some young people like that, so they're pretty easy to identify when they're acting like children and not sons and daughters. Not ones who carry a value, not ones who carry a legacy from their parents, not ones who continue on something, but ones that walk around looking lost, trying to establish something from themselves, trying to, trying to find their place and their position in life, not having a mother and a father to show them who they are and their destiny and their identity inside them. You know, Elijah, John the Baptist came, and what did he do? Prepared the way for Jesus. And this is how we become mothers and fathers. We actually turn our hearts to Jesus. Let ourselves be prepared. He said, repent, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. We deal with our sin. We take responsibility for our faith and our righteousness and turn to him. And then we get that blessing. We get that blessing when we become mothers and fathers, providing for needs, providing affection, providing love, giving of them. And then Proverbs talks about a bunch of things that come from that. I just want to speak quickly to a couple of things in there in Proverbs. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Pretty much speaks for itself, doesn't it? I found, I've, I've got to know something. Children can make you annoyed. It's, it's amazing. Obviously, you guys understand. I heard some laughs. You guys have experienced this as well. Not just me. Okay. That makes me feel like my children are normal then. But they can be really irritating. 
you want to do something. Yesterday I was just trying to get a garden bed started and Josh is just behind me, just pestering me the whole time. I'm like, go talk to your mother. <laughs> she was trying to experience... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but how do we speak to them as parents when that happens? Because that's going to happen. Probably already has happened. Do we sit there and just let go, I do, I do, and just let that rage burn against them and be foolish? Where's our calm place that we can go to? Sometimes we need to separate ourselves. You just wait there a moment, I'll be back. Separate ourselves, let ourselves have some time out, calm down, and then deal with situations. Fools give vent to their rage, wise bring calm in the end. If a ruler listens to lies, all his officials become wicked. Verse 14, if a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. You know, um, as these two grow older, they're going to love each other. And sometimes that love will look like this. My boys are becoming more and more like boys. They love each other. They get on and play really well. And then lately I've heard a lot of, Hey, hit me! And um, we've had to change the role of what mum and dad looks like to, to referee and umpire. Your corner, your corner. Separate there. But one of the things that it's always hard in that is who was right. Where it goes on, we saw in the Bible, like the whole thing is act justly within that. How hard it is to, to act sometimes and not be drawn to one child over the other. Sometimes one child just pulls your heart a bit more and you're like, oh, I, I like you at the moment. You guys are being a bit rotten. I don't like you. But we, but we see in the Bible, Jacob did that. I love Joseph. You other ones, pretty useless. But Joseph, hey, Joey, you got it, mate. Let me get you a special coat. Let me clothe you. You are special. You're awesome. You're unique. Uh, and we saw where that went, didn't we? Hey, Joseph, come over here. We've got something for you. <laughs> oh, even better, we can get money for him. Fantastic. A king judges the poor with fairness. You know, one thing that we need as parents is discernment because often the fights happen when we're not in the room. Where's the story coming from? Who's telling the truth in that? Who's giving the lies? And then we judge according to that. And we need to be fair in that. Which means even when we find later on that, oops, we judged the wrong way, you were lying, you were on the, oh, that's when we go, okay, you know what? And it's okay as parents to sit there and say to them, you know what? I got that wrong. I got that wrong. And, and this is the way it went. And I'm sorry that that happened. And that's one of the things, act fairly and just because that will bring it in the end. That's the discernment that comes. A rod and reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. When the wicked thrive, so does sin, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your children, and they will give you peace, and they will bring you the delights and your desire. Discipline. Discipline. Not aggression. Discipline. Or as we use... In the church, another word that comes from that, disciple. Someone who's raised up following a set of values and standards and beliefs. Someone who's raised up with boundaries. 
Notice that where it says where, it's, where they're undisciplined, they don't bring you peace. Some, I've talked to parents like that. You know what? I don't, I don't really want to be, be a controlling parent. I just want to be my child's friend. I just want to be the friend of my child. And then you see that child raise up and that parent has no peace. They're at school all the time talking to the principal about their child. They're talking to the courts about their child. Discipline's hard when they're young. It takes effort. It takes a lot of effort to get in. It takes conversation before we get to situations and, and circumstances. But we need to know those boundaries and where we're going. Otherwise, we don't get peace. And I love the promise in here. They will bring you the lights that you desire. That's when they become children. When there's the discipline, that love, those boundaries. We know the studies that have been done. They did a study in America years ago on, on delayed gratification. Children that just got everything they wanted when they wanted it, when they demanded it, as opposed to those that had to wait, had to have patience for it. Out of those that had to wait and have patience, I think it was out of 300, there was two that were in trouble with the law. Out of the other side, by the time they were 25, it was almost 30% had been in trouble with the law. Also, what you saw um, was from the first style, more were in, in jobs of lawyers, law enforcement, um, politics. The others, there was lots of unemployment that had come through in different stages. But this was found as one of the biggest contributors to whether they were in trouble with the law or not was delayed gratification. It's funny, this, this chapter seems to talk a lot about parenting, and then we get to this verse, which we actually know quite well, which is the next one. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Or where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation in our children, they cast off restraint. You know, we parent them, we bring them up, but do they have the vision and the revelation of why? Do we talk to them about what's going on and why those judgments were made on why those calls were made on why we do things? Show them how we handle finance. Why, why can't I have all those toys? Why can't I have all those things? Do we open up and go, well, we've got the mortgage and we've got power bills and we've got rent, we've got food, and, and show them. Do they get the revelation so that there is boundaries in their life? Do we share with them those depth. And when we do, and when all those things come together, they're blessed, we're blessed, and the desires of our heart as parents are met when we become mothers and fathers and they become sons and daughters. Now, it's exciting this morning to, um, to come and, and be part of dedicating Luke. And why don't you come, Nick and Kyla? And... And those that are standing with you this morning, come as well. And be pastors and elders, and come and stand. You can't. We can. We got people that can help you with that. Maybe you can help me when I get to a bit sub there. That'd be good. 
Make me, buddy. Yeah. You don't want me. You don't like me or you do like me? Unsure. Okay. I'll, I'll go with unsure. That's all right. Nick and McCarley, you've come today to acknowledge that your child Luca belongs to God. To dedicate him and to receive him again from the Lord's hand as a gift to be trained and as a, as a disciple of our Lord Jesus. Therefore, this morning, I come and I ask you, will you endeavor as far as you are able to provide a Christian home for your child, to bring him up in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and to surround him with such things as a pure and true, lovely and of good report? Will you endeavor so to order your own lives that no stumbling block be put in the way of this child? Yeah, you're good. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's all right. It's all we will God being our helper just because we need God's help on everything, don't we? Like, we're going to give this a crack, but we need Jesus. Will you give your child access to the worship and teaching of the church so that in time he will have the opportunity to come to the knowledge of Jesus as his saviour and enter into a fellowship of those who believe? Amen. This might pray for Nick and McCarver at the moment. Why don't you reach out your hands and uh, just ask your blessing because we need all the help we can get as parents sometimes and that, that looks like Jesus. Father, we just thank you for this couple and we just thank you for the, the kingdom that lives deep inside them. And Father, we just ask that you would continue just to stir that up. Lord, that your heartbeat would continue to rise within them, Lord, and that you would give them the insight, the vision. Lord, the discernment that is needed as parents, the patience that we need as, patient, as parents just to really just grow and to see what your heartbeat is. But Lord, let them, let them just provide that freedom and that clear environment in front. Lord, that these children would just be given full access to you and would receive everything that you have for them. Lord, by your grace. Amen. Amen. Well, let me see if um, he's going to say good day to me. Hey, buddy. Hello. Mummy's still there. It's okay. Uh, Nick, would you name your son? Luca Leslie. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we just name him and dedicate Luca Leslie Panisi and celebrate him for you. There he is. You want to see your church? Where's the church? We just dedicate this young man to your service, Lord, that he would follow you all the days of his life, that he would walk your path. Lord, bless and keep you. Lord, turn his face to you and be gracious. Lord, rise the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Just um, might be a couple of people that just want to pray for Bub. Father, we just pray for um, little Luca, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for the precious gift that he is. And Father, what I see is almost like someone that brings people back to the Lord. That's the vision that I have. It's like he's going to be so strong in his convictions. He's going to be so strong. He's going to walk uprightly. He's going to have, have that righteous, beautiful living, Lord Jesus, that people, when they're lost and people, when they're hurting and broken, they're going to come to him. 
just like they came to Jesus. They're going to come to him and they're going to say, what's the answer? And he's going to have an answer for them because he's going to know the word and the word's going to dwell deep within him. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for him. I thank you for Michaela. I thank you for Nick and I thank you for Aslan. Father, I pray blessing upon blessing upon them, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that when we're lost and when we don't know what to do as parents, that, God, we just turn to you and you give us the answers. So, Father, I just pray for them. I pray your wisdom, I pray your guidance, your strength and your love would just envelop them, cover them. Thank you, Jesus, for our beautiful brother and sister, these beautiful babies. Yeah, we just ask your peace would reign in Luca, Lord, that he would be established on it and that you would just flow through him. Lord, that he would just know the comfort of your blessing, the comfort of your presence. Lord, despite everything that might go on around him, Lord, even as he rises up in life, even as he just comes up in an above situation and above circumstance and, and rises up to be in places of authority and position, Lord, that in that there would be no hope based on how others treat him, but the hope and the peace would come from how you treat him. Lord, even when opposition would come, he'd find that peace and that grounding in you. Oh, Lord, that he would just, through that, through waiting on you, Lord, he would see your justice. He would see your justice come in. You know, I just, um, as I've been praying for him this week, God just revealed to me Psalm 62, where David talks about being in that place where he's just, his grounding is in the peace of God. He's, he's raised up as king, but he's still got opposition all against him and around him. And even as that happens and there's forces trying to kill him and, and take him out, his peace still comes from God in that place. But I just see there's, um, yeah, just position and leadership and, and um, just raising up out of and above. And in Australia, we don't so much like that. But there's just the grounding that will come from just the peace of God through his life. Amen. And church, let me ask you this morning. As we receive this child as members of this congregation through the high calling of God and Jesus, and depending on God's grace, will you do all you are able to provide for the nurturing of this child? Amen. Amen. You know, this, um, this candle we give and something we do in this church and provide candles showing just the, the light of life. Jesus is the light of our lives, and he's come, and as you've dedicated Luca today, uh, just showing that that light lives in him. And so we just encourage parents just to take it out each birthday and, and light it to remind them that this is, this is what happened when you were young. And even as they grow older and ask, hey, why do we have that one candle? I'm like six now. Why is there only one candle? What's going on with that? Well, this is to show that when you were young, we, we understand that you're God's gift to us. And, and, you know, we're, we're your parents, but God's your father. And so that's what this signifies, that you are his, and that we just want to raise you up just to walk in his ways. And can you blow that? Maybe, maybe we'll go over here. Give a big blow. <laughs> Got one too. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate what God's doing this morning.
I just um I want to speak next week on and keep on talking about what it looks like to open up and establish, I guess, that, that best year and what it looks like of positioning ourselves to actually step into what God's best looks like for that. And, and one of the words that comes around that is opportunity. And are we a people that see opportunity or are we a people that see excuses? And make excuses for that. And I'll, I'll talk more on this, that this next week, but I just want to give a little bit of grounding to that this week, just to, I guess there's a bit of a teaser within that. Jesus gets to a point where he starts telling this parable and starts sharing this story. And he, he talks about this, this ruler of a town that goes off and he's leaving for a while and he starts to leave his accountants in charge of the city. And so he leaves his accountants in charge and he greets the chief accountant in the town. He says to him, great, here you go. Here is five portions. Here is half of the town's wealth. I know that you know how to look after it. I know that you know how to invest. So here you go. You look after that. And then he gets that guy's two IC. He gets the other accountant. He goes, I know you you do a good job. You're still learning, but you do a great job. Here's here's, here's two portions. Here's 20% of the wealth there, right there. And he must give someone else. And then he gets the young apprentice. And this guy's interning for the accounting department. And he's like, you know what? I see potential in you. I know that you can actually handle this. And this is in Matthew 25. And, and he, gives him, he gives him a tenth of the city's wealth. You go look after that, and I'll be back. And then he goes off for a journey. And while he's off, we know that the, the chief accountant in the town, he goes and invests, and he, he looks after that, and he grows, and he actually doubles the money. Well, the, I guess it would be the mayor of the city's away. And then uh, the other guy... His two IC, he doubles that as well. And so he, he, these guys have done well. And so the, the mayor comes back and he sees them and he talks to them. He goes, oh, look, here we go. You gave me half the wealth. Guess what? It's doubled. We can do so much as a town now and so much as a city. This is great. And the next guy, yeah, it's double. What you sent me, you guys are great. Then he comes down to the apprentice. He goes, I'm excited about you, buddy. I'm really excited about what you've got and what you've done. How have you gone? Well, Mr. Mayor, well... You are amazing, Mr. Mayor. Let me just say that. You do a good job. I know you're shrewd. I know you're someone that can make money from nothing. You started with nothing, and look where you got to. I know that's who you are. I know that you're someone who you can go into a field. You didn't sow there, but boy, there is a whole crop that's grown up there. I know you're someone who can open a bank balance and then the next week, there's a million dollars sitting in that bank account, and it just happened overnight. I know that you're really good like this. So, I didn't want to risk losing this, so it's okay. I hid it in my pillowcase, and here you go. Here it is. You came back. There's all your money that you gave me. I didn't lose any of it. It's all good. He looks at him. Oh, I really wish you had done so much more. You had so much more potential than that. as the now President of the United States would say, you're fired. And so often we see the opportunities God puts in front of us and we run scared and we run with excuses why we couldn't do it. I couldn't invest that money. I, I, I just, what if I lost it? What if I took this opportunity, this risk that's in front of me, and I failed? 
What if I, what if I took this chance? What if I took this stance and, and it just didn't work out? I just don't know if I've got the full knowledge. I know, oh, that chief accountant, he's been doing it for a long time. He's been working this one for many years. He knows the right strings to pull and everything. He knows how to do it. I don't know nearly as enough as him. Don't know enough. I'm not good enough. What happens if I fail? And yet in his hands was an opportunity that God gave him. An opportunity to take risk and trial. And we just know that man would have been sitting there and he said, what, you've, you've made 10%? Fantastic. That is so good. So good. Here, let me trust you with this much more now. Let, let me give you 20% next time. Let me give you $2,000. See what you do with that. Oh, you lost 1000 That's okay. You took some risk. You had to go. Let me give you a bit more and see how you go with that. You know, as, as God's people, if we're going to see the best that God has for us, we need to take the opportunities and not make excuses like that young man did. He said, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So here you go, God. I didn't even give it a go. Didn't even give it a go. I want to talk more on that next week, just from the life of David on how to take opportunities that God presents us and sticks in front of us. Why don't we stand this morning as the worship team come? Father, we're here today and we're just grateful for the privilege that it is to just celebrate new life and, and to celebrate just the dedication of Luca and, and we, just, we just join together with hearts full of joy on that and we just pray for this young man that he would just follow you all the days of his life, Lord, and that he would, he would see the purposes of God come 